You're listening to the Bill Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Spring is here, friends, and that means spring sports season is all but arrived on Midco SN. This spring, we're proud to bring you coverage of UND football, softball, and track and field, plus the latest news and interviews with the out-of-season teams you care about. So stay tuned in the months ahead to Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shaves Podcast, episode 31, taping this on a Monday morning, March the 25th, alongside our producer, David Folsky, Athletics Director, Bill Shaves. I'm Alex Seinert. A, a, another guest coming our way in a little bit, Kyle Doporowski, assist, Associate AD for External Operations. Coming, We had, by the way, the Associate Athletic Director for Operations last week, a great pod with Eric Martinson. Now we have the Associate AD for External Operations coming in today. We'll have to get we'll have to get um, our, our a couple of others as well as we kind of go around the uh, uh, the horn with uh, our associate ads. But I think uh, it'll be interesting. You know, um, we can go a lot of different directions with Kyle to some degree. But one of the things he does do um, for the department is at least work with me in regards to football scheduling. And so nice. that's some of the things that we'll talk about, and then maybe any other thing that he might have. We'll see. Kyle's a man of, of a lot of, he wears a lot of different hats with the university and has done so for a long time. So it'll be a fun chat coming up a little bit later in the podcast. By the way, anybody else with operations in their title that we need to get in here for next week? That's the question. That seems to like to be the go-to line, isn't it? If you don't <laughs> it's know, a good generic, you just yeah. kind of roll with operations. It, 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 it helps you, um, hey, that needs to get done over there. Yeah, that's part of operations. <laughs> that's really what ends up happening. I think that's where we're at with yeah. it. It's good broad, good broad. It's like it's like having a business major. You can do a lot with that. Operations, you can kind of do a lot with that. Coordinator of something. There you go. That's another good one as well. Yeah. Coordinator of operations. (laughs) Holy cow. Forget about it. You do everything. Exactly. Uh, Duties uh, to be determined. Um, So yeah, we'll be talking with Kyle up in a little bit uh, about a variety of different things. Uh, In terms of UND stuff this week, a little bit of a slower-ish week. We've kind of made that transition. The spring is kind of here. Not all of our teams are necessarily in the full swing because of the weather. Track and field didn't have much going on this weekend. Softball was was busy, but on the road. Uh, Men's and women's tennis, golf as well, all kind of participating in different events kind of all across the country. It just feels like we're in one of those... uh patterns right now where a lot of our um, teams are just on the road right now the spring teams and so uh, yeah I I mean we've got a a few tennis matches uh, like we had a men's tennis match good for the for the guys winning uh, on Saturday at choice and uh, we've got a triple header this uh, this week uh, 10.30 against Augustana men's and uh, they'll come back and play at 6 o'clock against Concordia and then the women uh, will be kind of sandwiched in between playing Denver at 1 o'clock So, so three matches at home, and that's really it. You know, that that's all free if you want to go to uh, Choice and go see some some great tennis. And it, it's really neat the way the courts are, right? You can kind of like go yeah. above them, and you've got all six courts playing, so it works out pretty well. Yeah, fun to go watch. Check that out this weekend if you're looking for something to do on a Saturday afternoon into the evening. A full day of yes. tennis going on over at Choice. Um, softball, as well, we mentioned on the road. A couple of tough losses this weekend at New Mexico State. They'll stay down in that part of the world to play New Mexico this uh, this Tuesday. And then Summit League play opens up already this weekend at Omaha. Are those games going to happen, by the way? Are we, are we confident that's going to take place this weekend? They're you still maybe what? up in the air. It, it, it's interesting. I, you know, um, we'll probably be monitoring that. I mean, certainly New Mexico is going to take place. But the Omaha piece, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I 
think we're thinking in those terms right now, but uh, uh, we'll probably know by no more by midweek would be my guess. Yeah, flooding has been such an I issue, know, of course, in this part of the country down into South Dakota, certainly, but in Nebraska, yep. Iowa, Missouri, especially have really been hit hard. So it's just a lot of water on the ground right now that yep. doesn't have any place to go. No doubt. Um, be thinking about those people, certainly, as well as we get ready for kind of the second wave potentially of flooding up here in the Red River Valley in the weeks to come. Uh, your weekend, by the way, was kind of built around hockey. We uh, Obviously, you did not make the trip to the Frozen mm-hmm. Faceoff this year, but you were there, of course, to represent the university. Uh, a, a, lot of, a, couple, a couple of interesting games, a couple of very close games, including a championship contest that went to double overtime between Duluth and St. Cloud State. Obviously, a little weird to be in the building when our team's not there, but what was your vibe around the NCHC Frozen Faceoff this weekend? Bill? Yeah, I mean, I think it was, uh, it, first of all, it was beautiful. It was like 50 degrees and sunny, so yeah. it was just a good weekend. But, um, no, a lot of green, and a thank you to all of our uh, fans that, that went down and made a weekend of it and even though our team wasn't there and um, yeah that, that made it a little uh, tough um, but you know you, you've got to do the right thing and the right thing was to support the uh, conference so was down there for the games on Friday I know Coach Barry was down there on Thursday night during the awards uh, presentations uh, and so he represented uh, uh, us down there for that and uh, and then our stat crew as we talked to uh, yeah. Eric you know they were down there and uh, they they uh, they did the the stats and so uh, yeah I mean it, I, I think overall it was it was pretty good I think if you were to say you know from a, an attendance standpoint um, you got the best results in the semifinals mm-hmm. um, you know obviously uh, you were going to draw more from uh, the Minnesota schools than you would the Colorado schools as you'd assume yeah, yeah. Makes, makes sense yeah, I mean, yeah. you know I mean it just it just you know I, and it just you know I, I thought the games were good um, you know they're intense and uh, you know I, you've got the top you know three of the top eight teams in the country, yeah. uh, you know, vying. I mean, at the end of the day, th- that was probably, again, a more difficult tournament to win than, let's just say, a regional this week. Yeah. Uh, and that's indicative of how, you know, obviously, it was a difficult championship to win. It took, you know, <laughs> almost 100 minutes of, of game time with Duluth coming out on top 3-2 to two in overtime. By the way, Duluth, the fifth two seed to win the Frozen Faceoff. Hmm. Not a bad, not a bad place that's to be. If you're the two seed, you got a great shot to win that thing. Wow. Okay. So, that's yeah, interesting. Something to, something to shoot for next year. I, I thought all of the uh, championship games were interesting. All six finished three-two. Uh, exact four went to overtime. All of them finished three-two. Pretty much all the favorites won as well. There, yeah. uh, I mean, obviously, a couple, you know, some some good ranked teams playing each other mm-hmm. in different parts mm-hmm. of the country. Because that played out the way that it did, you only had really one. At, okay, what the, obviously the AIC winning the Atlantic mm-hmm. was the only team that really stole a spot, which we knew going in. Other than that, though, nobody else from the top 15 of the pairwise got a spot taken because of an upset in a conference tournament. If little, this would little, have been little, last year... A little different than last year. Yeah, if this would have been last year, UND would have been in with a spot to spare in terms of pairwise. This year, you've got a Bowling Green team that loses in the championship. A heartbreaking loss for them, by the way. They were up 2-0 over mm-hmm. Minnesota State in the WCHA title game. Mankato scores a couple of goals late with extra attackers on the ice. They end up winning 3-2 in overtime. Tough way to lose. But Bowling Green ends up getting the 15 spot in terms of pairwise and sneaks their way into the tournament because everything else went shock. If BC ends up winning that game or if, if somebody else pulls an upset at some point, they're not moving on, but they break a long, I think in the early 90s, the last time Bowling Green was in the NCAA tournament. So just goes to show any given year, Based on how those conference tournaments play out, you can be okay if you are 15th in the pairwise. We didn't finish too far off. 20th is where we ended up in the pairwise right now. Yep. But just, again, if this would have been last year, UND would be dancing. Yeah, you know, and, and it goes to, 
show that, you know, really where you need to be uh, going in is, you know, probably in the top eight. I know we could talk about, you know, 10 or 12, but but really to solidify yourself, you probably need to be in the top eight. Let's just say eight out of 16. To feel really good. To feel really good. And so that that to me is, you know, again, the the thought process, you know, moving forward, you know, hopefully get out of the gate quick next year and uh, and then see where we can go. As you look at the NCAA tournament, selection special was on Sunday night. St. Cloud State and Denver are going to be playing in the Fargo region. Um, it should be should be an interesting couple of games down there. UND, of course, acting as the host for that. So another couple trips down south, down I-29 to help out at Shields Arena. Um, but yeah, you, you got to think that attendance is going to still be good. People are going to be interested to see who comes out of that region, especially with a couple NCHC teams being involved. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, a number of our staffing uh, will be... Uh, We'll be down there. Uh, Kyle will be one of them when he joins us again. Uh, he'll, he'll he'll be assisting Marty this week uh, down there, and uh, you know we'll probably talk a little bit about the regional, see where we're that at with that. And uh, yeah, it should be uh, should be a, a good week down there, and uh, and uh, I know that we'll run a great tournament. Yeah, Ohio State, AIC, the other two teams involved there. One one thing I want to ask you about when you look at the bracket. The way that this works, again, 16 teams, of course, you get four seeded teams, even though they kind of seed everything out. The committee ended up putting Minnesota State mm. in Providence. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota State, the number three team in the country, a yeah. ranked team. They have to play Providence in I the know. first round. So, yeah. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I think there's a – never been on the committee, mm-hmm. so start there. So I, I, I'm just assuming at this point in time that the thought process is there's a level of bracket integrity that you want to maintain, and so you probably want to do the best you can to go 116, 215, mm-hmm. right? And, and so that would be my guess is, is the reason why. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting to me. It seems like maybe you know you would think through it and override that so a, a school, a high-seated school, yeah. didn't have to play on someone's ice. But what does that do to the rest of the bracket? So mm-hmm. if you change that one thing, now all of a sudden you might be changing a few other things. And yeah. so, yeah, that that's, um, you know, it's one of those, though, Alex, I, I guess you know it going in, right, to a season, to a year. Like these are the regions mm-hmm. that are, are hosting and – you know, that's just what it is. And so uh, if you're, you know, I, I guarantee you, though, I mean, a Minnesota state, they're going to go there thinking, you know, uh, that, you know, if we play our game, we'll be just fine. Yeah. So uh, but it's tough. Yeah. To, to your point, I think if you look at the rest of the four seeds, obviously Bowling Green is a four seed. You wouldn't want to just pair them up with the team. They just like that wouldn't make sense as much to play two conference yep. rivals against each other that just played in a conference title game. American International is the true 16. They're ranked yep. in the 30th in the pairwise, so they would get St. Cloud State the number one. And then Harvard is, you know, there were there were some options maybe of, of trying to slide some things around, and at least at least so you don't get a first round matchup against a team that's playing at home. But the one the one caveat, of course, Providence is hosting, but Providence is not the host. That's that's the, 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 the other that, part correct. of it. They're not the host institution. That's right. Even though it's going to be at Providence, Rhode that, Island. That's right. That's right. And so you know now now the other side of it all yeah. is that. Providence put into the to bid they did. <laughs> exactly you know for good, this purpose good, good for them yep, for I mean sure. and so you know that if, if that's something that you're interested in my guess is that you might uh, try to go figure out how that could work in the world that you live so I would say you know what good for Providence they put in for it yeah that's that is why you want to host these things you get right. you get that advantage that's why UND's done that the last couple of years obviously the Ralph has not been an option because you can't host in your home facility anymore but there's a huge advantage of being able to play in Fargo or really even in Sioux Falls when you're close to your fan base. You've got that 
environment that you can just plug in. You know you're going to that site. You don't have to worry about being sent anywhere else around the yep. country. That's why you do <laughs> try and host and earn that bid. And that's it, and like it, we talked about last week, that's something UND is going to continue to try some, and do. Some do not. Mm -hmm. And that's a choice too. And that's okay. But then you probably have abdicated the ability to be saddened. Yeah. There you go. Would be my guess. That's a great use of ab abdicate, by the way, right there. That's I. That's I. Spot on. Well, we should just end this podcast at this point in time. We are now done. That is like that is the complete mic drop. And by the way, I will say this: if you're going to say mic drops, I mean Scott Van Pelt's uh, one last thing. If you haven't yeah. seen it, was pretty darn good. And I. And again, we all can have opinions, and my opinion was spot on. So good for him. I, you're referring to the the uh, Tom Izzo yeah. yell fest, or whatever, yeah. and that's you know I think a lot of people have come out and kind of said pretty strongly on once you know, there was a lot of pushback initially mm -hmm. like what you know this can't be this this isn't okay for for a coach right. to be screaming at a kid like yep. this and then the pushback on the other end of like well this is this is coaching this is he obviously care, he cares about this kid something happened and he's trying to get his head back on straight to win this game and yep. you can see. Yeah, this is, you know, Tom Izzo's been doing this for a long, long time. He's an emotional guy, and that's kind of wears his heart on his sleeve. And well, this, this, people were saying this, this, is a, this is an indication that America is becoming too soft because people are upset that there's a little bit of tough love happening on the court. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, and for some folks that probably have, have, in a sense, to some degree, not ever played a competitive uh, sport, mm -hmm. it, it could be alarming for you. I mean, I, and I get that, no question. I thought a couple, two things that I think were fair. One, it was... Where is he coming from? What place is he coming from? And I think if you read a lot of his former players, that, that he comes from a pretty good place. I mean, mm. I would say probably a place of love, ultimately. That's ultimately what it amounts to. And then I thought in the visual, if you see it as well, I thought if you were to say, how do you make your team grow? I don't know if you saw the other, other student athletes step in and kind of like, in a sense, move coaches are away to say we got this we got this which again that's that's it. when your team can kind of go down that path a little bit you know you've got a special team so who knows what this all translates to but uh, yeah that i don't know yeah, outrage or fake outrage yeah. yeah i don't know i don't know anymore you know i just know you know in some folks i'm sure we're outraged mm -hmm. and, and you know, for them okay i get it they can have that opinion yeah and some people were just looking for a, an opportunity to get a hot take out there. And Maybe. Join the conversation. Yeah. Maybe. See that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> what did you think? That was, well, in, in the optics of it weren't, weren't awesome. I mean, you know, he was, no. he was pretty, pretty aggressively yelling at a young man in, at the end of a contest. At the same time, though, too, I mean, that's, it wasn't like a Bobby Knight situation where he was physically grabbing the student or, or you know, it, it, it's really hard to put yourself in that context. But I mean, that's, I, played sports and have been on the receiving end of tongue lashings at different times and like everybody every coach is different and has their own motivational tool and i'm sure that if you if you went to michigan state you kind of knew this is kind of his style this is how he's you know at times can be pretty aggressive on the court yeah. and um i didn't necessarily feel outrage would not be the word that i would use to describe how i felt when i was i felt bad for the kid i guess that he was getting yelled at but yeah, they won the game and everything seemed fine. After and, and I think in recruiting, and I'll say this to our uh, our coaches as well, is, you know, if you can be really clear on how you're going to coach someone's son or daughter, I, I think that's a uh, – and if you can be really um, thoughtful about how you're going to describe it and then make sure that the actions are the same as how you described it, 
you know, again, outside of let's not getting beyond something that, you know, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, then I think, you know what, I, I, I think you knew what you were getting into. You knew what you were, quote, unquote, buying. And so yeah. you probably knew what you're, you have a lot of years of history with, with Tom Izzo, mm-hmm. and you probably know what you're buying. As an athletic director, does a situation like this cause you then to, to t- pull him aside? You've got, you know, five days between now and their next game. Do you have a quick conversation about, hey, Tom? If we can, if we can take it from from an eleven to maybe like an eight next time out, just be, just based, especially with Michigan State, with all the different things they've had to deal with over the last year, or do you not even bother with, with the guy I, with his tenure and his? I, I his would hope that I have record. the ability to talk to our coaches about anything, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, and at that point, you know, I I would say, you know, my guess is he's a pretty thoughtful, thoughtful guy. I mean, I, I think he'll he'll pause and try to take a look at what may or may not be the case the next time, maybe. Um, But, you know, I would hope that, you know, coaches would use their athletic directors uh, as a resource. Mm -hmm. I would hope. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, I I think so. I mean, who knows? I mean, it just was, uh, yeah, it was one of those moments that maybe he would probably say, you know what, maybe I have to do better in that moment too. Maybe. That was about the only example of madness over a pretty mundane weekend, really, in terms of March Madness. Not a lot of upsets, only two oh, teams out from just really the five Duke and below. Game. Just that, the Duke game. That was, that was close. There, there were a couple of decent finishes. Belmont, Maryland was kind of fun at the end. There were a couple like sort of exciting moments, but we didn't really get, outside of that, outside of Duke Central Florida, there really wasn't that pivotal, we're going to be seeing this on you know the the clips leading up to March Madness for years to come. We didn't get a great no. Bryce Drew moment. We didn't we didn't no. get that. Tyus no. Edney that was missing from this weekend. We we didn't get it. The uh, probably would have had it yesterday if that ball fell yeah. right and didn't go clink 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 off. And uh, that was just tough. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we just didn't get it. I mean, if you look back, I mean, a lot of chalk and a lot of Power Five conferences. Yeah. Surprise. Wow. <laughs> Like you said last week, that's what this is sort of designed to be. You know, you protect your own. And if those teams go out and, and take care of business and they've been given some of those advantages to do so, you're going to have a bracket the that odds, only has. The odds are not in your favor. Yeah. No, they just aren't, no, you know. No. Uh, so, you know, with that, yeah, lots of, lots of one through fives have, have kind of moved forward. And I guess if you're looking at, I was looking at the Power Five conferences, I think just the Big 12 and Pac-12 have one team left. So Texas Tech, I think, on the Big 12 and uh, in Oregon on, on the Pac-12. And so, yeah, I, you know, there's a few uh, Americans. What American has one. I mean, it just there's just not a lot of non-Power 5s. Yeah. So, and it usually when you get to Sweet 16 or even an Elite 8, you know. That's about it, how it is. It's kind yeah. of how it goes. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Not a lot of diversity yet in the field. But. Well, I won't say we called it last week on the we, pod. But you kind of called, called it, though. It. Yeah, kind of called it's it. Kind of what it is. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, any, anything else? Um, Caldo Porosky's here, which is great. So Good. we can kind of transition into that. Anything yeah. else, by the way, for your plate before we get into this? No, I, I don't think so. I, I, I look forward to, to speaking with Kyle. And like I said, we... Uh, um, Kyle does a number of things uh, for us when we talk external operations, um, and uh, uh, but one of them is helping. Uh, you know, he and I kind of um, do football scheduling, and so we want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we were going to uh, probably release this information uh, a little bit later. I mean, not that we didn't have it, but we got a uh, got a request in that uh, you know that they had wanted to to know our contracts moving forward, and mm-hmm. we had solidified some contracts, just hadn't announced them yet because they're so far in the distance sure. per se. And so we, it, you know, it's funny. What's funny about football scheduling? Not to dominate this portion, and, and, and I'll get you here in a second, <laughs> Kyle. But the reality of it is. 
because what's funny, I always find it funny, is uh, we end up releasing it like in the summer as if people don't know that mm. that's the deal to some degree. Now, having said that, this year we actually flipped it and we actually did it a little bit quicker and sooner. And to, from timing standpoint, I think when we were in the big sky, that the, the times were always, we had to wait a lot right. longer. Mm-hmm. And so now uh, with being a, a kind of a independent and, and then going to Missouri Valley, we can you know potentially get those times out there, which is important for families and our fan base. So that was kind of good to do. Yeah, so, certainly. So without further ado, so Kyle, yeah, talk talk a little bit about football scheduling, where we are right now, and kind of all the different pieces of the puzzle that goes into it. Well, thanks for having me on, first of all, guys. Uh, Bill is right. Normally, we like to try to announce this in the summer where there's not a whole lot going on in the region in terms of college athletics or even pro sports. And so we like to give it life, and we, we like, like people talking about our football program like people talking about football news. And so in the past, we have done this in June and July and with different media outlets, FOIing those contracts and different things, we are just uh, getting it out right now. And so uh, like Bill talked about, um, we work together on it. I do a lot of the, the dirty work and then bring it to Bill and Coach Swigert for uh, for some decisions. And uh, there's a lot of time that goes into it. I, I'm probably doing something for it every day or at least every other day. And the amount of time spent to get one decision is, uh, it, it's a lot. So yeah, there's not, no, not, sure. not, yeah. not, not uh, one of the things that you look at that you have immediate results at for sure, uh, which is obviously what we like to do in this business <laughs> and what we like to do, I think, in life in general. So it takes yeah. a lot of patience and, and a lot of phone calls and emails. And, and uh, Dave Brown at Gridiron Schedules has been fantastic for us. He's a former ESPN exec and was in the Longhorn Network uh, to get that off the ground. And he was, uh, I would say, and, and Bill knows Dave uh, pretty well and pr- probably better than I do just being around it for a long time is probably the authority in the country when it comes to football scheduling and um, he was uh, you know one of the ones in the 90s that you know had all the made for TV matchups that ESPN um, you know put on and uh, he was the one who lined all those up and so what he has done he has um, gone out and started his own venture and works with all the schools and and knows almost every athletic director in every school in the country and, um, you know, the people like me who just kind of do some of the day-to-day stuff. And uh, he's been obviously tremendous and helpful as, as we move forward. So, yeah, we have three home and homes uh, with Big Skies, uh, Big Sky schools, uh, plus a guarantee game uh, with a Pac-12 school that uh, I think, uh, I guess we're here to announce, right? Yeah, so I'm going to let you do it because you, you've, you've uh, dug, dug deep in this stuff. But, but Dave Brown, yeah, I, anytime you had gotten a call from Dave Brown, you go, uh-oh. <laughs> and he's a nice man i mean i like dave a lot i mean but you just go um something's in the hopper <laughs> you know so and he's he's always been he was the he he you know when i was at eastern um i, w- I was only only uh uh, involved one time with Dave, but uh, but had to move a few things around. They wanted Oregon State to play down in Dallas because they had the mm-hmm. Rogers brothers, and so they were trying to move move that around. and And Eastern was playing Oregon State that year, so instead he they went down to Texas, and Eastern played Nevada instead with Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. So that was probably not a great not move a, to yeah. tell you the truth. I mean, at that <laughs> stage, he was pretty good. Um, yeah. And so, uh, but then you end up getting you know things back, and he kind of brokers all of that stuff, and just uh, and, and he's just a wealth of knowledge. I mean, he'll know, he'll know kind of the, the thought process of, you know, would someone play on the road at that point in time? Would they step on a plane? Would they, I mean, that's, that's the big, those are the big pieces, of, you know, with FCS. Will they step on a plane? And the answer is sometimes no. Yeah. Like, a lot of times is 
No. Yeah. Like, like ne- ne- never have they ever stepped on a plane, potentially, unless it's an FCS playoff game. And that could be the first time a team ever travels, air travel. And so, uh, um, but, you know, you never know. I mean, sometimes things, you know, work out just right and uh, the pieces of the puzzle fit. Yeah, there's only, Bill, what would you say, maybe 25 or 30 FCS programs that uh, I would say normally would be willing to play a home-and-home and and get on a plane, so there's really not that many to choose from. Yeah, 25 out of 125. And so, you know, so for folks, you know, out there going, you know, how does scheduling work, and why didn't you just go get that school? Well, yeah, great, they're not getting on a plane. (laughs) They're just not. I mean, I guess they would, I guess they would probably because there probably is a dollar amount that they would do it but i'm just not sure we're yeah, not comfortable we're not, el- that. We're not able yeah. to go with that mm-hmm. and, I, and i would say it would have to be incredibly significant dollar amount mm. so yeah so there's really three things that, in my experience that really kind of weigh into this one is the financial piece the other one is the geography piece which obviously we can't change and bill had it too uh same at eastern and north dakota there's nobody north of us that we're going to play. And in Bill's case, there's nobody yeah. west of Eastern Washington that was going to play. And so it really, uh, really challenged from a geography standpoint. And then obviously what's going on with the team program and coach and all that stuff. Uh, so a lot of different factors that come into football scheduling. So uh, really appreciate And Bill's been great with his contacts throughout uh, the big sky and FCS. And uh, we have three home and homes that uh, we have signed over the next few days or next few years. And mm-hmm. uh, we're really excited. So the first one is Portland State. And uh, we are going to travel to Portland State on October 24th of 2020. And then Portland State is going to come back to Grand Forks in the Alara Center on September 6th of 2025, and that is week two. And so you look at that, that's a five-year gap, and sometimes that's just the way that it works with who's available and who's willing to travel or who needs a home game or who can go on the road. Uh, and, and we had one previously, I think it was um, Missouri State, we did a four-year gap. Yeah. Uh, I think 14 and 18 was the original or the original deal with that one. And so, yeah, 20 to 25, it's a big gap, but that's uh, that's that's just the way that it worked out. Well, you'll find out based on the next couple as the reasons why that's the case. And so, you know, occasionally you would love to have it back-to-back years, right? I mean, that's that's the whole th- It's funny. You go into these things and it normally it back-to-back got it have you will you come to us yeah we'll consider it. Yep, yep. And 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 nine and a half out of 10 people want to start at home. That's just how it goes. And so everybody wants home games. Everyone wants home games. So yeah. you want to start at home. So now here we go. So now you got to kind of figure out, all right, what yeah. does it look like in the conference schedule? And then once you figure that piece out, you know what? It's a bargaining chip if you can start on the road first. And so that becomes a pretty good deal. And so you got to have all these balls in the air, and, and it's like a jigsaw puzzle. So, you know, Kyle mentions the Portland State one, but that was part of a puzzle for us in 25 to be able to fit. Yeah, and we were able to travel in 20 because we already have five home games that year because we are hosting Valpo in week one, which is currently scheduled for a Thursday uh, in 2020. And so you, you need five home games. That, that That's what you need. Everybody in the country uh, needs and wants at least five home games. And so we had five. And so as Bill talked about, a little bit of flexibility in our 11th game because we are going to go receive a guarantee uh, at Kansas State that year. What are you going to do then with the 11th? game. If you have five, then you have some flexibility to either Mm -hmm. start at home or start on the road. And that one was one where uh, our our open week in 20 is week three. And man, just the the, peop- the the schools that were available and it just, it really wasn't working out. And so we then had a conversation with coach about, 
you know, we have the same bye week as Portland State, and they have shown interest in playing over time. And so, yeah, it, it is a little bit uh, different to host a non-conference game in the middle of a conference season, but both schools had an open week on that week, October 24th, and then uh, that's how that's how it happened. Yeah, and, and so with that, um, the other kind of pieces of the puzzle, and we're probably getting deeper into the onion here on scheduling, but hopefully, you know, the folks That's that okay. they enjoy it, they, they, they is, like yeah. it, is, um, you know, you got to look at the calendars, and uh, it, depending on how the years fit from a Saturday standpoint, sometimes you can play 12 games. Right. 19 is one of them, 24 and 25 is also one of them. Well, we started looking at that, and we started thinking, okay, how will this look for us once we get to 24 and 25, and is it similar to 19, potentially? where maybe you play three games and then have a buy mm -hmm. and have two buys. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what's a buy worth? You know, I mean, I, I, I'd say it's pretty significant, to tell you yeah. the truth. Uh, and so, uh, you know, this year we kind of went with 11. You know, you can argue today that's the, the you know, the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life because it's going to hurt you from a playoff standpoint. Or you can say, you know what, it was the smartest thing you ever did. So, I mean, it's probably somewhere in between, yeah. right? But I mean, that. But I would say that having gone through it and, you know, these guys sometimes they get a buy it feels like a month yeah. for them, a, a month. I mean, even when they come back and they go August, let's just say August 1, play those games and then have that bye week, that'll be huge for them, really huge. Yeah, 14 Saturdays is, is the years. So there, if there's 14 Saturdays between basically Labor Day and the Saturday before Thanksgiving, as Bill talked about the calendars, if there are 14 Saturdays, FCS is allowed to play 12. Yeah. Most years, only 13 Saturdays, so you can schedule Mm -hmm. 11. Um, and so in chronological order, so we talked about Portland State at Portland State in 2020, in Grand Forks in 2025, and then uh, new athletic director at Idaho State. Uh, we have worked out a contract with Idaho State starting in Pocatello on September 4th of 21. That is week one. So opening on the road in 21 after three years in a row of opening at home. And then Idaho State will return to the Alara Center in Grand Forks on September 14th of 2024. So that is week three of the 24 season. And so there you even can see again, it's not back to back. It's not same like weeks. It's just it, it, in, in, in probably I probably should have started here is I think for all FCS schools, you're you're trying to figure out, OK, are you going to play a, a 1A game? And if you're going to play a 1A game, you probably start there. And yeah. that's in that. And so a lot of times we, I can talk to counterparts and everyone's, you know, sometimes you just don't land that plane. Sometimes you, you just, that's in the air, in the air, in the air. And so then, so then we end up all having these multiple balls in the air and to the point that those start landing. And once those start landing, then you can kind of filter in around them. Yeah. And I think generally in, in FCS, there's three weeks of non-conference, right? And most of the time, most people like to go play an FBS game. So that leaves two. Most schools have four conference games. So you then need to go out and find a home game, either a guarantee or a home and home. And then really it's that 11th game that really there's some flexibility. Yeah, and then there's other schools in the country, and I can probably rattle them off pretty quickly, is that, you know, they need six home games yep. because they might have expanded a stadium. And so they have, you know, a certain amount of games they have to have at home. So so there's that piece too. So like a lot of times I can go to someone's schedule and just say, yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah. You know, it might be available, but it's not going to work. Because I, I, unless something has altered 
in, in kind of their mindset and what they need to do for the institution, we already know all those, those pieces of the puzzle. So this is complicated. It's complicated yeah, stuff. You know, but, just, but if you know the landscape, but you know the you, landscape, you can narrow things down. But the, what's cool is well. So after Idaho State, what do we have? So then our, our third and final Big Sky Home and Home non-conference that we're uh, gonna, going to announce right now is Northern Arizona, starting in Flagstaff on September 17th of 22. That's week three of the 22 season, and then NAU will return to Grand Forks on September 9th of 23. So the very next year and that is week two. So uh, Portland State, Idaho State, Northern Arizona, all a home and home. Great news for our fans. They're familiar with those big sky yeah, teams certainly. and uh, I think it'll be exciting. Yeah, I mean, I think that was our, our concept is that, you know, obviously we're transitioning out of the big sky that, uh, you know, schools have, have come to Grand Forks. They're used to it. There's not an issue from that perspective. We might as well, you know, use that to our advantage, so to speak. Both sides uh, were thinking the same thing. And so that way it gives us a chance. I think we're, we're, um, we are connected up through when at this point in time. So we are contracted through the 21 season. Yep. And so our next opening is week two of 22. And that's what that's we're, what we're working, working on right, right now. now. <laughs> yep. And if that were the case, then we would be done... We have an opening in week two of 22 and week one of 23. And if, yeah. if and when those get done, depending on what happens in 24, 25, like you talked about, maybe 12 game years, then we would all be done through 25. Yeah. And the hope is to get to hopefully 23, but then ultimately 25. Yeah. So. And really you talk, talk about big sky and, and Bill spent 11 years as the AD at Eastern really hard to get non-conference games because it's really the Western part of the country. And so those schools are used to having to fly sometimes to get non-conference games. And when we were in the big sky and Bill had a couple, I think at Eastern where mm -hmm. there was an Eastern NAU couple years where Eastern yep. and NAU yep. did not play in the conference, yep. but then they contracted non-conference games. And so uh, it is good that, to have that big sky connection. And, and those folks, as Bill said, used to come in here, but they're also used to having to fly to, to go to games because outside of Dixie State, who uh, just re, is reclassifying to Division One, not a lot really going on there in terms of FCS football in, let's say, the mountain and Pacific time zones. No doubt. So, you know, and then uh, if you can just maybe roll through our, our guarantee games, our, our, our FBS games that we have uh, starting, uh, really, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll start in 19. Yep, so 19, we are not playing an FBS game. Uh, first time in a long time. And then in 20, we are playing at Kansas State on September 12th. That is week two. And then in 21, we are at Utah State in week two. And in 22, we are playing at Nebraska in week one. And then part of our announcements today, it's been out there a little bit, is uh, our 23 guarantee game is at Washington. Just got done playing Washington. I'm going to go back and play Washington on uh, September 16th of 2023. So that's week three of 23. And uh, we previously announced with Iowa State week one of 24. Previously announced with Missouri week one. 25 and then uh, our final fbs game that we have at the moment is at nebraska in 26 so so that's that gives, the rundown yeah that gives us the chance really to go all the way to 26 and kind of fill in everything that we need to fill in so uh so I, we're excited about it i mean i think it you know obviously going to the missouri valley where we'll have a, a north dakota state either on the road 
uh, and then the South Dakota State in South Dakota here at home, and that'll alternate every uh, every other year. So uh, um, I, it, it's going to be really exciting for the program moving forward. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's great to hear, I think from a fan's perspective, when you really think about it, it's, it's huge getting those guarantee games, and it's great that those are scheduled out to 2026. Obviously, this year you don't have one, but you're playing North Dakota State and Sam Houston State, which are basically like, you're basically playing FBS schools, essentially. Um, it's exciting to have all those on the calendar and to see how this is all working. And I think this is, again, this is huge news to get these teams coming to Grand Forks and having that reciprocation. Because this, as we've seen from a playoff committee standpoint the last couple of years, FCS or FBS wins are, are valued way more than D2 wins. And you don't want to have to, because I'm sure there are some years where you get into that boat of like, we, we have no one else that we can find that is available the dates we are that fit the criteria. And you got to go down and play somebody in a lower division. And the committee doesn't, th those games basically don't matter. Yeah, it, it, what it does is it, it obviously fills your schedule. It gets you a home game. It does the things that you want to do to make sure people are at the th game. Those things are good. Those things, those are, things good, are great. But in the committee's eyes, if it's an 11-game season, it might as well be a 10-game yeah. season. And if it's a 12-game season, it might as well be an 11-game season. So, But there's reasons why you do do it, for sure, because there's, yeah. just limited, yeah. um, you know, th there's just limited opportunities to, to, get, to get folks on your schedule. And then more importantly, at times, at home yeah. in your schedule. Um, well, it's awesome news. It's, it's exciting to hear those things in motion. I know the Summit League obviously has already started with, with UND basketball. I think fans are sort of used to seeing some of these, hey, you know, we're playing with this Big Sky Challenge, the WAC Challenge, et cetera, that, that kind of give and take. But it's great that this is happening in football now as yeah, well. Yeah, it's, it's neat stuff. Uh, what else, Kyle, with uh, scheduling? You good? I think that's it. Uh, we're working on week two of 22 right now. And uh, we are. got a few emails and calls out there about that. So uh, it, it never stops. It, it really doesn't. And, um, you know, as I said earlier, there's usually maybe at least one thing every day or every other day that I'm doing, whether it's a call or an email. And um, it, it, it's really interesting because you, you only need one person to say yes and you need three yeses per season basically <laughs> but yeah. the amount of time it takes to get those <laughs> is a lot well and sometimes you just don't want to say yes yet because you, you again you need you might need that date for a home game or you might need it for your for your fbs game mm -hmm. so it's just it's interesting there's not a you know whenever i'm somewhere and i'm around my counterparts there's not, never a time where at some point i say you want to play football <laughs> I'll play football you know I really I mean what's your schedule what's happening there and oh you know you don't need a sixth home game come on let's do it you know yeah. but but sometimes they do so I we, we get it all we get it all uh regional um I know you're going to be the assistant uh tournament director uh down there uh when do you depart this week and uh how's how's it looking yep so I'm going to go down uh Tuesday which I think is the day this will be released uh Eric Martinson obviously the tournament director he's leaving today when we're recording it today, Monday. So he'll be down there uh, and taking care of everything with uh, the, the staff at Shields Arena. And, you know, and I think I walked in when you guys were talking about it. It's an opportunity for our staff to really put our best foot forward uh, across the board. Uh, we'll have an NCA committee rep there. We'll have uh, an NCAA uh, employee there, uh, this, uh, site rep from, from the NCAA, and obviously four teams coming in. And, um, you know, it, it is an opportunity for us to take some pride in what we're doing and yeah. uh, put on a good show, and we will. And, and our staff, uh, not just Eric and I, but, I mean, it's 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 a couple dozen people probably by the time you add it all up mm -hmm. to every single little job that needs to get done. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Always an exciting time of year to go down and host that. And, you know, uh, the last, I think, I think the last two times we've hosted, we've had the national champion come out of our region because hmm. it was uh, Duluth last year. Yeah. 
And then uh, the year before that was... Well, Denver would have won the whole thing uh, two years ago in 2017. Okay. And the last two times maybe in Fargo then. I, yeah. I, no, no, that's not right either. But we've, we've, had, we've had national <laughs> champions a lot coming out of our, uh, out of our regions. I forget. We've, this will be the fourth time in the last five years we've hosted. So they all just kind of run together. No, I could. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say. It's Cal, <laughs> Cal supporting his 2018 ice that's hockey right. championships yes. polo right now. And we'll be adding the 2019 one here before the week's yeah, over. Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, thanks, guys. I, I'm, I'm good. So thanks for having me on. appreciate it. Thanks, Cal. Kyle Dobrowski, Associate AD for External Operations, a man of, of many different jobs who's been working the phones and working the email chains for a long time. Great information there to hear about the upcoming dates on UND football's calendar. Well, awesome. Well, we'll be back at this next week with another Associate AD for Operations of some sort, potentially, or maybe it'll just be me, Bill, and Dave. We'll see. Coordinator of Operations. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Um, before we go, by the way, between now and next week, uh, Sox are going to start the season. We'll flip very a brief B-side. Are you excited for opening day on Thursday? Yeah. I you know, I think the uh, I think the Sox w- will be very, very good. I mean, their starting pitching is is excellent, so that gives you a chance. Um, I think that the contracts are interesting, right? The uh, I, I didn't know the angels really needed to do what they did but um that's gonna uh then you know at 430 million dollars line yeah i mean for 12 years or whatever it is and so that puts mookie Betts into an interesting deal at this stage of the game but you know I think he's still two years away. And, and yes, so, not until 2020. Yeah, yeah, so we got time. I, he's just going to have a good year this year. Yeah. You know, I, I hope he's in that conversation. That means he's had a great two yeah. years. Mookie has said that he's not going to go enter into negotiations until, until you get to that final year of his contract. That's so, fine. So no, no need to sweat. Let's just enjoy. And, and I like and they we'll signed just, for sale. Yeah. I, you know, because at, at the end of it all, you know, you worry. I, I think they learned a little bit from the Lester deal a couple yes. of years ago. And uh, if you have someone that can handle the market and has uh, pitched well there, um, you know, you're going to have to pay for top line uh, pitching anyway. Yeah. So you might, as well, you might as well pay for the guy that wants to be there. Yeah. Five years, $145 million. He's 30 years old. And some people sort of balked at the price. But like you said, the, the exorbitant cost it would take to bring in a guy with his resume you were, and, and you and you don't know how they're going to respond to being in that pressure cooker that is playing at Fenway Park in the AL East at, at big moments, et cetera. You know, I I think that that's probably the right thing. It always freaks me out a little bit when I see Buster Olney writing a column that says Red Sox have made a huge mistake in signing this succession. But at the same time, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, like you said, they, Lester, they screwed that up completely and he left for the Cubs when he was still in his prime. And this is a very similar situation of a guy near the end of his prime, but a lefty that's dominant that has, I would think, at least three, four good years ahead. I know people look at this and think this is going to be David Price all over again, but it's not quite the same thing. It's not quite the same thing. And Price, that worked out okay in the end. It's I think. okay. I, you know, you, you still need pitching. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say that you don't want that particular. I find this to be different than the Steelers with Bell and, and, uh, and Brown. Mm-hmm. I feel like Bell and Brown, you know, the Steelers got their best years. I think there's no question because of the physicality of the sport. But I think if as long as Sale can stay healthy at this point, which yeah. was a little bit concerning the yeah, end of last year. Shoulder stuff. A little yeah. bit of shoulder stuff. But, you know, supposedly he's he's in pretty good shape. You know, if you've got – it's pretty simple. They, Red Sox have been really lucky to win four championships since, uh, you know, uh, turn of the century. And, and the reality of it is they've had an ace. Yeah. Every single time. And that that's for sure. And, you know, you can probably go back in time, right, and say everyone needs that ace. And so, uh, you know, when Granke signed with Arizona, I, I mean, I don't know 
you know, he had a, a terrific, um, you know, two, three year spell that he was just you know, unhittable. But then I'm not sure he's really yeah. probably lived up to what Arizona was say, looking for. I would say not. You know, and so, yeah. so they did. So Arizona didn't get those two or three years. Yeah. And that's where I feel like the Red Sox did get it from mm-hmm. sale. What's unique too is the Justin Verlander. I think just signed. I think what a two-year extension. Two years for sixty-six million. I, I believe. Know, I so know. that's now you're talking. I mean, thirty-three mil a year. That sort of puts things in perspective where sales deal is a little closer to that. You know, thir- I mean, it's, it's still thirty-something million, but it's not you know, a little, little below that twenty-eight million or whatever per. But yeah, it was just the years. The yeah. years for the, like the Trouts and uh, and Harpers is yeah. is in Machados. Yeah, Those seem digits. to be. Yeah. That's a long time. I mean, even the five, you know, for sale, I mean, it would be shocking to me if he doesn't have a good two years right now. And even Pedro at the end, he still found a way to get guys out. Yeah. I mean, he lost a little bit off his fastball, Mm -hmm. but he still was pretty crafty. Yeah. So yeah, there's an opt out in there after three years, I think. For him. There's there's a lot of different stuff. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of ways you can sort of work around it. These deals always look like maybe they're a little eye-watering when you see the numbers, but when you get into the minutia of how teams can sort of relieve cap pressure or yeah. get someone off the books or the player has the option to kind of yeah. step, like there's all those things in there that make it, we probably won't be paying Chris Sale $145 million in the end total, but that just happens to be the sticker price right now. Yeah, I mean, it, but, you know, again... You I know, hope we do. I hope he's great for these five years and we pay him every last penny. Yeah, and I, you know, so, I mean, he's just, uh, he's been special. <laughs> yeah. He's been special. What about Kimbrel? What's happening with um, him? It's also not my money. I should mention that, by the well, way. That's, that's and, just, the, and then no news. Yeah, we're still waiting. Every, every week, I feel, we're going to start, like, the Kimbrel section. too? Those are the only two? That's the, yeah, those are the big guns that are still out there. So it's Interesting. We'll see. I know opening day is starting on Thursday, full slate of games. It's weird. It doesn't quite feel like we're there yet, but it is end of March, last week of March. It's crazy. What, what are the Red Sox doing? They going to Seattle? Going to Seattle. They have the opening uh, week and a half on the, the road. First, the un- first three series Mariners? on the road. The undefeated Mariners. They get to play a team that has already played regular season action. Thanks a lot, break Rob up the, Break up the Mariners. I, <laughs> I mean, really, right. break them up. I mean, it's oh. unbelievable. I, hey, they beat Oakland. Oakland's always yeah, scary. Good team, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I hope they keep playing Oakland. Yeah. Such a bizarre deal where you start your regular season Weird. in Japan, and then they've done this the last couple of years, and they've, at different times, really for the last, like, 15 years. I remember yeah. this from the mid-2000s, they yeah. were doing this. It's just kind of unique that you'd start meaningful games in a different country this far in advance, but... Great marketing tool. Cool deal for Ichiro to go back home and finish out his playing career over there. Yep. Has some cool moments. It but was cool. Yeah, it's kind of it's La- weird. Last thing I got for you yeah. on the B side Please. is uh, it, it would appear that um, the Spurs did open their stadium. I guess I, because they had a under eighteen team play their their mm. team and our, so and then I guess they had a uh, some sort of a um, oh I don't know I, I let's call it a uh, old timers type game oh sure yeah so to, to some level mm-hmm. and and i say that you know quote unquote but uh the so testimonial think, match you're yeah saying, yes. something like that Love so a good testimonial I, yeah i think they just had to make sure that everything was okay <laughs> that's that's fair given as long as it's taken them to get that thing in proper working order it's i'd not, say probably having a test match is probably a good it looks good really idea. nice though yeah. So they will then probably, oh, well, I take that back. They're at Liverpool this coming weekend. So big match there. And then I think it's Crystal Palace yeah. or something. So yeah, that, that's so, their next okay. one. Yeah. That, so Liverpool. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a, it's as big, really, in a weird way, as big for you than it is for Tottenham. I, yeah. I'm just assuming a loss, but I would, hey, anything out of there yeah. would be huge. Huge. Isn't it weird to think that the last time these two teams played, we were in Houston? 
with the UND football team for Sam oh, Houston State. Man. I mean, that's that's the last time. That's how long the Premier League season is, by the way. Like they were playing with early in the season. They already played a couple weeks, and they were playing yep. each other at crazy. Wembley back in the beginning of September. And it's now crazy. here we are, the reverse fixture. Bill, want to put anything on this? You want a little? You know, a little <sighs> I, I, Can you take I, another picture of you with Liverpool stuff on well, the internet? Well, here, here's, here's the deal. <laughs> and this is the truth anyways. We're, we're going to have to uh, you know, debrief this whole pod thing anyways. And so lunch will be on me for, for you and David. So regardless, you're going to get lunch out of it. You're going to get lunch. <laughs> so but you're just going to have to work at the lunch. There you go. I was gonna, if, 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 this, if Spurs win this weekend, then I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll provide some sort of service to you or, be, or enjoy lunch with the Harry Kane jersey on or something so you, like you that. You got something. Or, something. or, or maybe you'll something provide an appetizer. There you go. I'm with, I'm, I'm with that. That Is sounds that okay? good. I'm, I'm all for that. If Wit- not, then it's on me. Dave Witnesses. All right, good. Sounds good. Perfect. Yeah, I, I just don't think... I, I mean, they have a shot. Of course they do. Yeah. I mean, I, there's no question about that. But... Um, you know, like I said, Liverpool and Man City, those are those are tricky. They're, they're, those two are playing the best. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, you never know. And when, now, when is that? That's Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. Sunday, Sunday at 10.30. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that'll Last be a big match. Big match. Big, big match. match. Mark it on your calendar. In Man City, have they they will play before them. that? I believe, let's just take a quick peek here. They actually play. Yes, they do. They play on Saturday. So, who do they play? Uh, Man City is playing. This is outstanding radio right now. Fulham. They so they go to Craven Cottage. So Man City will win that game about seven nothing. Yeah. So that's what that's what Liverpool will be facing the next day. Then trying to chase down the Citizens again. So a lot of big matches coming up. Champions League quarterfinals are on the way in a couple of weeks. Yep. And uh, a lot of a lot of Spurs City. You you get to play the two challengers four times in in the span of like three weeks or so. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun for Bill. That's right. We'll see how it all goes. (laughs) Not in the face, says Bill Chapes. All right. Big thanks to Bill Chapes for Tyler Dobrowski for taking the time. For David Folsky, I'm Alex Seinert. Thanks again for listening as always. We'll chat next week. 